Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Welcome to this week's AgCast. I'm Mitt Walker with Alabama Farmers Federation, and today we have a very special guest, um, Director of the Communications Department, Jeff Helms. Jeff and his team, along with the rest of us, have been extremely busy over the last year, really looking back on the 100 years of the Alabama Farmers Federation. And Jeff's team has put together um, the commemorative edition of Neighbors Magazine. And I wanted to take a few minutes today to, to kind of look through this special edition and, and reflect back on some of the major accomplishments of the Federation over the 100 years. So, Jeff, welcome. Appreciate you being with us today. It's good to be with you, Mitt. Um, you know, we've had a lot of fun looking back through the archives, the old photographs, old video over the course of the last year, and really being inspired by what uh, some of our leaders did from 1921 on till present day. And uh, it's a reminder of us, uh, for all of us on staff, what we do every day, and that's to try to help uh, an Alabama farmer. Yep, absolutely. Um well, let's kind of dig in, and, and these magazines should be in home, so if you're a member of the Alabama Farmers Federation, you should have this magazine in hand and really encourage you to take a look at it. A lot of work's gone into this, and uh, I think even staff like Jeff and I have learned a lot over the, the last few months pulling this information together. Jeff, we've had uh, quite a few notable presidents over the years is one thing I noticed. Um, I know we'll have a lot of those families in town this weekend, but one in particular, um, <clears throat> President Ed O'Neill, really played a, a big role in, in federal ag policy. I was surprised to read some of the information about him. Now, that's right, Mitt. Uh, Ed O'Neill from up in Lauderdale County and really comes from an impressive line of uh, of, of people in the O'Neill family that were uh, leaders of state here in the state of Alabama. But Ed O'Neill uh, came into uh, the Farmers Federation early on. He was the second president of the Alabama Farmers Federation. He took office in 1923, just two years after the formation of, of, the, of the Farm Bureau here in Alabama. Uh, as you know, uh, if you think back to that time, uh, the 1920s, end of the 1920s into the 1930s was tough times around our nation. Uh, we had come out of uh, World War I. Uh, much like today, there had been a pandemic uh, at the end of World War I. Uh, but economic uncertainty was also something that, that we share in common with our uh, founding fathers of this organization. And there was certainly trouble on uh, Alabama farms back in the 1920s and 30s. And Ed O'Neill recognized that. Uh, he recognized that, that something needed to be done in order to uh, manage production across the country. And so uh, he uh, ultimately was elected to be the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. And with with that developed quite the relationship with uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and it was his influence with FDR that led to the creation of the of the first farm program uh, farm programs in our country, uh, the Agricultural Adjustment Act, which uh, through many iterations later has uh, come to be known uh, what what we know the Farm Service Agency to be now in those related programs. But uh, Ed O'Neill had a big impact not only in Alabama but across the nation. Yeah, we we certainly have been blessed to have great leadership over these hundred years, and, and looking into the next hundred years, there's a whole nother 
group of leaders coming up, um, lots of um, young farmers that, that are beginning to, to establish their leadership traits and characteristics. So one thing that I'm confident in, as we look ahead, we will continue to have strong leadership. Jeff, you know, if you look back over the last hundred years, what would be those two, three, four major accomplishments that you would, would point to from the Farmers Federation? Well, man, I think if you, you know, just the, the fact that farmers came together in 1921, and, and we've got to give credit where credit's due, um, the Alabama Cooperative Extension System under the under the leadership of Luther Duncan really had a lot to do with that back in 1921. He recognized that farmers um, could unite to have a greater voice in public policy, especially with regard to funding research and uh, agricultural research at what now is Auburn University uh, and also to engage in, in public policy discussions, whether that be in Montgomery or in Washington, D.C. So we got to give credit there. Um, so I, I think the first hurdle and, and first milestone was just the formation of, of the Farm Bureau. Uh, so that was in 1921. And then uh, we've mentioned uh, Ed O'Neill's role in federal farm policy. Um, one of the hallmarks of Alabama Farmers Federation is creation of, of alpha insurance, and we certainly don't need to, to lose sight of that. So 25 years in, farmers were having trouble getting uh, fire insurance for their homes and for their barns because they live so far away from uh, fire stations and, and fire departments in towns. And, and so farmers themselves put up $10,000 of their own money to establish a mutual fire insurance company. And that is the foundation of what we know Alpha Insurance to be now. So it started with $10,000 of farmer invested money and now it's over a million policies in force doing business in 12 states. Um, it's just an incredible success story. But as we fast forward after that, I think that you would uh, certainly want to point to the Farmers Federation's efforts with regard to uh, taxation uh, played a major role. Uh, Farmers Federation led the call for uh, exemptions for feed, seed, and fertilizer for farmers. Uh, the Farmers Federation led the, the, the charge to control the cost of property taxes in Alabama through the lid bill and through current use legislation. And if it weren't for those led pieces of legislation, many farmers may have been taxed off of the land and been no longer able to farm. Um, through checkoff programs, the Farmers Federation has continued to support uh, research, education, and promotion. Uh, we have been very active in public policy through uh, Farm PAC and ELEC, those political action committees. Um, the Farmers Federation has also defeated uh, large tax hikes like Amendment 1 back in 2003, uh, but has also done uh, uh, you know, positive work to protect farmers from uh, suffering uh, negatively like the passage of the Family Farm Preservation Act here in Alabama, just even in the time that Mitt and I've worked here. We've had some, some hallmark legislative victories, but there have also been uh, work done on the insurance side of the house. And then and especially with regard to education, promotion, and research. Yeah, Jeff, and one thing I think is interesting, too, when you talk about those legislative accomplishments or achievements, a lot of times it's the things that, that don't happen that, that where the real work is done. Um, so even though there's not really a story to tell sometimes about it, being able to stop bad things from moving forward is a big part of, of what goes on here as well. Well, absolutely. And if you think about it, 
you know, when the Farmers Federation was formed, a, a, a huge percentage of people all across this country were involved in agriculture in some form or fashion. And if you looked at the makeup of Congress or particularly the the state legislature, many of those individuals would have been farmers and landowners. That's not true today. And so with with fewer than uh, 1% of Americans uh, making a living from agriculture, it's important to have organizations like the Farmers Federation that can be their voice in in the public policy arena and and point out those un, uh, negative unintended consequences sometimes of legislation that might be proposed by somebody that doesn't understand production agriculture. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I mentioned young farmers a few minutes ago and, and you know, developing that next group of leaders that will be coming through. One of the um, parts of the organization here that's played a big role, too, are our different commodity divisions. And um, had a question earlier today is, you know, how did we arrive at the 17 commodity divisions that we have? And I, I think the short answer to that is that they were created when they were, were deemed to be needed. We have had commodity divisions that have come and then gone by the wayside as that um, particular segment of agriculture may have moved away from Alabama. So talk a little bit about you know how, how these groups come together and, and what they mean to the organization as a whole. Well, I absolutely, Mitt. Um, you know, one of the things that the Farmers Federation or Farm Bureau was most uh, involved in early on was, was dairy. Um, uh, there were there was a great need among dairy producers in Alabama, and there were hundreds of dairy farms in Alabama at that time. And so uh, the Farm Bureau, the Farmers Federation, was involved in not only uh, representing them from a public policy standpoint, working on research and education, but also even in helping to market that milk. The same thing took place early on with cotton. Um, there were fewer cotton cooperatives across our country. Uh, fewer uh, farmers were involved. In, in what you might call sophisticated marketing of their crop. And so the Farm Bureau came along to help pull uh, some of those harvests together and, and help farmers uh, demand and achieve a greater uh, value for their products. So, so those kinds of things happened uh, early on. Um, we still have a dairy division, but we're down to you know fewer than 50 dairy farms in the state of Alabama. So that, that landscape has changed a lot. Cotton, still a major row crop and important commodity in our state. But other things have emerged. Really, uh, vertical integration in the poultry sector has changed Alabama as much as anything agriculturally, and that really began to take place in the 1960s and, and forward. And uh, and so we have a very robust poultry division now, uh, which is something that our founders in 1921 might not have thought about. You could say the same thing for greenhouse nursery and sod. Uh, that's also a major uh, revenue stream for many farmers in Alabama growing greenhouse plants or nursery stock or, or, or turf grass. And then one that you're intimately familiar with, Mitt, in 1921, we weren't, uh, we, we had catfish in Alabama, <laughs> but they were in the, the, the river 
rivers and the streams. They weren't being raised in uh, farm-raised catfish that uh, in in that kind of controlled environment. And so uh, that is a a crop that is tremendously important to the Black Belt region of our of our state and really the state as a whole. And so we uh, formed a catfish division to address that. And not only the division, but those farmers uh, decided to put in place what we call a checkoff program. And so they assessed themselves on the, in the case of catfish based on the uh, amount of feed that they purchased so that they can fund research and education and promotion efforts. So it is an evolving thing, uh, but I think the Farm Bureau and one of the strengths of our Farm Bureau and Farmers Federation in Alabama has been that we have changed as the times uh, uh, required it. So as farmers changed, the Farmers Federation has adapted as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and those changes will continue to come. You know, a, a lot of the, the work that I do at the federal level, we're hearing more and more talk about carbon, carbon emissions, capturing carbon, um, you know, conversations that, that I think would have been certainly as far as catfish production to our founding fathers. So we'll continue to monitor that and, and other things as they come down the pike. But I think the common theme there, Jeff, and you hit the nail on the head, I mean, we're going to evolve we're going to adapt to the needs of the farmers and, and we want to continue to be, you know, the voice of the Alabama farmer for the next hundred years. And uh, I think we're in a good place to continue that work. Absolutely. And and you mentioned the young farmers earlier. Um, I think it's important to note that as we look back at the 10 presidents of the Alabama Farmers Federation, there have only been 10 since 1921, that the last couple have come up through the Young Farmers Program. Both uh, Jimmy Parnell and Jerry Newby served as chairman of the State Young Farmers Committee. And so that is, uh, that, that's keeping us connected to our roots by those young people coming up through the organization. And I know that you also want to talk about the Women uh, Leadership Committee's role in the organization as well, Mitt. Um, you talk about just a power house of influence within this organization, the Women's Leadership Division. Uh, this is far beyond the homemakers clubs that began back in the 1920s and 40s. Uh, this, is a, this is a group of, of women who are uh, farmers in their own right, but they're also uh, very strong advocates for agriculture, whether that be in the public policy arena or on social media or in doing things like Ag in the Classroom and Farm City Week. They, these uh, these, these women uh, that uh, make a critical part of our organization. Uh, we just couldn't do what we do without them. Yeah, no doubt about it. I've, I've said for a long time, if you if you really want to get something done, you got to see the Women's Committee and they'll take care of it. Um, hardworking folks and, and do a really great job promoting our organization. Well, Jeff, I want to commend you and, and your team, particularly Deborah Davis, who, who put in the work on this issue of Neighbors Magazine. Again, it should be in your home. I would encourage you to take a few minutes and, and thumb through it, and uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to see, the one, the quality of, of the magazine. Y'all did a few little things different, didn't you, Jeff? We did, and, uh, and you know, the, the paper quality is upgraded. Um, we pulled in information again since uh, since 1921. Deborah and, and her whole team did a great job. But it's not just, uh, you know, what we do in communications is we just report what everybody else does. Uh, you know, we're telling the farmer story. We're telling the Farmers Federation story. So really, uh, we sometimes get the credit, but it's really everybody behind the scenes that, that's doing that's doing the work. And I, I would also encourage you to read uh, Jimmy Parnell's column in, in this piece. 
piece as well because he throws down a challenge. You know, this is a hundred years, and it's easy to look back at the last hundred years and just contemplate uh, what you've done and congratulate your success, yourself on all the successes. But we're at a turning point in our country right now, uh, politically, economically, and certainly from an agricultural standpoint. And uh, in his column in this magazine, he he really issues a challenge for this generation to step up the way our founders did back in 1921 and recommit to make a difference. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. We're starting to run a little short on time, but really appreciate you coming in and, and walking us through a little bit of the history here. And we look forward to seeing everybody this weekend at the annual meeting and uh, look forward to continuing to reflect on these last hundred years. Thank you, Mitt. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Well, hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's wrap-up on the Alabama AgCast. I'm Russ Durrance, Pork Division Director at the Alabama Farmers Federation, and today I'd like to announce the opening of our registration process for the Junior Swine Expo. The Junior Swine Expo is going to be a swine show that we are holding in conjunction with the Junior Beef Expo in March of 2022, and that will be held at the Southeastern Livestock Expo in Montgomery, Alabama. This is the first time we've ever had the Junior Swine Expo, so it's a little bit new to us, but we are really excited to offer this opportunity to the youth in Alabama. Registration will be open from December the 1st to January the 12th, and then we'll have a deadline for validation kits to be postmarked back to the home office at Alpha by February the 1st. For more information about the Junior Swine Expo, please go to jrswineexpo.com. Thank you. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.